0: Good morning Strong Tower. Good morning. Good morning. It's time for the word. Time for the word. All right, I'm John Thomas. I get the privilege to open God's word today. Our text this morning is Mark chapter 15 verses 42 through 47. When when you got it, say amen. Amen. If you don't have it say hold on okay. All right good good y'all y'all with me this morning On a hill there is a cross and on that cross there is blood for me and blood for you Hallelujah All right Mark 15, verse 42 through 47. Hear the word of the Lord. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked him for the body of jesus pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died and summoning the centurion he asked him whether he was already dead and when he learned from the centurion that he was dead he granted he granted the corpse to joseph and joseph brought a bought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Let us pray, you you may be seated. Heavenly Father, your word Has gone forth. Will you give us eyes to see, eyes to see the Savior on the cross today? Father, will you show us the transforming work that happens at the cross? Father, do that for us. May we ever remember it. The sacrifice of the Son of God. On our behalf, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. In 2011, there was a horrible tornado that swept through a community in Joplin, Missouri. And as it came through, there was a couple who had a home in the path of this tornado. That couple was Don and Bethany Lansall. When they realized that this tornado is coming right for their home, they quickly ran and got into the tub. Don covered his bride with his body as they braced for the impact of this tornado, and it hit, and literally around them, their house was being torn apart. Finally, the winds died down, and Bethany looks up at dawn only to see that he has turned blue. So she quickly runs looking for someone who can help. She flags down a a truck that was driving by, but it was too late. Her husband died. He died saving her life. See, we have the luxury today to view the story of Christ. Death and burial, in light of the the, the the truth that his his execution on the cross wasn't just an execution, it was a husband sacrificing his life for his bride our our uh brothers and sisters of this text, they didn't have the luxury of knowing that. But on this side of history, we get the, the luxury to see that. So today I want to live before you two things. I want to show you two things that Jesus does at the cross. See, our text starts in verse 42, and the first character we come to is Joseph of Arimathea. But before we get there, I want to give you that background of what has been going on. Here is Jesus on the cross. And and, and he is just about to, to cry out to his Father. But what precedes that is three hours of complete darkness the light of the sun is turned out and darkness is over the whole land for three hours and it's three o'clock in Jerusalem. The light is coming back and people are watching Christ on the cross. They are watching this execution play out. And they hear him say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They think that he's calling for Elijah. They want to wait and see if Elijah's going to come and save him. They don't realize Elijah was John the Baptist that came before Christ. Then they want to give him some sour wine just to intensify his humiliation. And not too many moments after he makes that cry to his father there is a Roman soldier. The Bible calls him a centurion. And he is looking at Jesus die. He watches the last breath leave the body of Christ. Now you have to know something about this centurion. He wasn't just a a newbie here just standing there watching Jesus die. He got the job of ensuring, making certain that Jesus died. And as he is doing that, he's watching that last breath leave. Don't think for a second that, that he got this job easily. His position is one like a Like a captain of uh, of the military, he is seasoned. Some might even call him a, a veteran. He has killed people. There's a pretty strong chance that he has killed people. But for certain, he's seen them die. Dozens. And that's his job, to make sure that Jesus is dead. But as he's watching, something happens. He sees the last breath leave the body of Christ. And something happens. Out of nowhere, he is compelled to say truly, this was the Son of God. What a confession! What a confession. This man is a Roman soldier, a Gentile outside of the chosen people, outside of God's chosen people, the Jews. Matter of fact, the Jews um, in this day, the, the broader Jewish society hated the Romans. And here is a Gentile making a confession that even the Jews, that even most of them could not make it, they are God's chosen people. That's the backdrop of our text. Here we are After that, the the, the Bible tells us that there are women looking on. A group of Marys and many other women, women that had been following Christ during his ministry. And not just following in some ancillary form, they were actually women that were serving Christ in his ministry. The Bible says that they were ministering to Christ. These women, like the centurion, finds something at the cross. See, what that centurion found was new life. When he looked at Jesus on the cross, looking at Jesus die, he's viewing it through blinded eyes, spiritually blinded eyes. But as he does that, he receives his sight. It becomes clear to him that this is indeed the Son of God. He watches Christ die on the cross. Life leaves the body of Jesus. But in Jesus' death on the cross, he breathes new life into this man. And he becomes spiritually alive. I want to say to you today that even Jesus dead on the cross he can still raise the dead even Jesus dead on the cross he's still opening blinded eyes the centurion finds at the cross belief in Christ's death on the cross His as he's As the centurion is looking at him, his belief, his unbelief is transformed to belief. Belief can be found at the cross. If you have any doubts this morning, I wanna remind you to look to the cross. This centurion, he knew when someone was dead, like I said, it wasn't his first rodeo. He knew what was happening. He can certify. You will see later that that's exactly what he does. He certifies Christ's death. But God gives him life. And, and that's not all that happens at the cross. There is more that Jesus can do at the cross. But before we get there, I want to I remind you of an Old Testament passage. Numbers 21, I believe it's Numbers 21 where um, a, a similar situation in terms of a parallel where the, the people of God Needed to look to something to live. See, in Numbers 21, Moses was, was going through the wilderness with the Israelites. And you, you guessed it. You know, they, they normally complain and they find something to be unhappy about. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you can relate to that, but I know that's me. Um, they're going through the wilderness and here they, here they are in this desert telling Moses, we're hungry, we're starving, the animals are starving. You brought us out here to kill us. It is pure anger and nagging. And they even say in the, in the King James, it, it says that they tell him our soul loathes this worthless bread. I say, oh my God, somebody get them a Pop-Tart because they <laughs> really can't. They don't want this bread. But here is God. He's not doing nothing but freeing them from slavery and and bondage and a a life of uh, servitude. And and they're saying, we we hate this bread, this worthless bread. They stirred up the, the wrath of God and he brought judgment on them. And by doing so, snakes came out of the woodwork. And I mean, they were biting these people. Many of them died. Uh, All of a sudden, they are humbled. They're asking, Moses, please pray to God. Ask him to stop this. Moses does. God tells Moses, I want you to make a bronze serpent, put it on a pole, and when they look at the serpent, they will live. Moses does it. The people look up at the serpent at the serpent on the pole after being bit, and they live. But you have to remember that in Genesis, the the serpent was under a curse. He was cursed. The serpent was cursed with crawling on its belly the rest of his life. And here in, in, in Numbers twenty one, that's. That's the serpent on the pole. That they're looking up to a cursed serpent. But here in our text today, we realize that our savior is on a tree, hoisted into the air. And God says cursed is the man who hangs on a tree. Here is the centurion looking at the Savior. Who most of the Jews understand is cursed because he's hanging on a tree. The centurion looks. He finds life. He looks and lives. If you have any area, anything in your life that is feeling lifeless, you can turn to Christ of the cross. But that's not all that Jesus does. He can transform even more than that. See, when we look at verse 42, we see Joseph of Aram, Uh, arimathea a respected member of the council this is a pharisee y'all this is a pharisee he is one of the people or at least the people in his group were the ones who made up lies about jesus at his trial they were the ones pushing for the execution pushing for the crucifixion of jesus christ but when we look at the, the Gospels, we find out that Joseph, uh, Arimathea, he was a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, if you take issue with that, that makes sense to me because if you're going to be an ally, you can't be an ally just by sitting back being quiet. Uh, an to come to your aid, to to defend you, to stand up for you. But as we know in the the gospel narrative, many, many to the point of all of God's supporters deserted him. He is no different. If you and I was there, we would have deserted him. So, So don't be too hard on him. But I'm trying to help somebody, an ally, come to your aid. Usually, regardless. But here is Joseph uh, of Arimathea, a Pharisee. And, and what happens to him? He's looking for the kingdom. And in, 43, in verse 43, the text says, he took courage. One commentator I was reading said he took courage in both hands and took off. He was quiet during everything else. He was quiet when they arrested Jesus. He was quiet during the trial. He was quiet when Jesus was being beaten. He was quiet when Jesus was dying on the cross. But now that the Savior is dead, this Pharisee has found courage. He goes to Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus. You have to understand that in that day, that takes extreme courage. Nobody wanted to be associated with that man. No one wanted to be associated with Jesus. Here is a Pharisee of all people. Going to Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus. Our text says that Pilate was surprised to even, to even hear that Jesus should be dead. So, so what does he do? He calls up that centurion. The centurion who had the job to make sure Jesus was dead. Well, the Satyrian comes, inform Pilate that he's dead, dead. And Pilate understands, okay. And he turns the body over to Joseph. Here is Joseph. He takes the body. Now, this is uh, hours, just a couple hours before Passover. As a Pharisee, Joseph has to to honor the customs. No one works on the Sabbath, and the Sabbath is two hours out. A proper burial would take at least two hours to to do. They would have to get the, the, the grave clothes, the shroud. They would have to prepare the spices to put on the body to preserve, and then they would have to wash off, really wash off the blood so that the body is clean. That was just some of the practices uh, or ceremonial practices that they would do for the dead as a Jewish person. To highlight how much courage he has, you have to look at the time that he had to put Jesus in the tomb. There was not much time but what did he do? He still went out. He bought the shroud. Some commentators would even say that those women that were around, those women may have even helped him. But what is clear in our text is that Joseph, Joseph took the lead. Joseph had the courage to go up to the power structure and ask for Jesus' body so that he could be buried according to the customs. That took courage. Courage that he did not have. He does what he needs to do to secure the body of Jesus. He wraps Jesus in the shroud, takes him to the tomb, and puts him in. And when he does that, those ladies are there. The Marys are there. And our text gives their name, gives their son's name. Mark is doing that because he wants every reader to know. You can fact check it. You can go back and ask these people, ask their relatives. That's why he listed their name. And those women, they were faithful. In that day, women weren't counted for much. Women were considered second-rate citizens. But they knew a man who did not treat them that way. They knew a man who acted counterculturally and would honor them. They were faithful following Jesus, not only, to the cross not only to the point that he died they even followed him to the tomb and God's going to do something with their faithfulness but as it stands in our text all they can do is see the place where Jesus is laid Again, keep in mind that these people did not want to be associated with Jesus. So when you see Joseph taking the body of Jesus Christ, when you see those women hanging around, being close, watching closely and intently, that takes courage. Even in Christ's death, he can transform fear into courage, even in his death. What makes you fearful? What scares you? I want to submit to you today that you can bring it to Christ on the cross. If you have any doubts, you can bring those doubts to Christ on the cross. Even in his death, he has the power to bring transformation. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? One that is powerful even in his death. When the Savior is stretched out on the cross and lifted into the air, he can draw all men to himself. All of humanity is drawn to him when he's lifted up. Saints, do y'all feel a pull this morning toward Christ? Do you feel drawn to the crucified Jesus on the cross? I'd say, look to him and live. When we take stock, when we look at the wonderful cross, we see a sacrifice made for us. We see Jesus, the son of God, fully God and fully man. And what does he do? He allows himself to expire. How scandalous is that? That God would allow himself to be counted among the deceased. He dies the very death that we could not die. He bears the cross that we could not bear. Our lies, he bears it. Our hate, he bears it. Our unfaithfulness, he bears it. Our doubt and disobedience, even our negative self-talk, he bears it at the cross. He bears all of our sin. And as he hangs there, God pours out on him the full weight of his wrath. And he's taking our sin, bearing our unbelief, bearing our fear. The Bible tells us that God made him sin who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. See, before we could be free, he would be cursed. He had to die. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. See, Jesus is the lamb that was slain, that takes away the sin of the world. His death on the cross fulfills his mission. And there was only one person who could do that. That is the son of the living God. He is truly the son of the living God. And even in his death, he has transforming power. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word speaks to us today. May we see The sacrifice of Christ on the cross. May we see it and know it intimately as the sacrifice for our sins. Father, we are thankful that you have provided a way to reconcile us to yourself. We thank you for it and we ask that you Give us the experience of your transforming power that is at the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.